It's like K-O-B inside M-S-G So like we top seed Old school's top speed Pimp slap left hand Is that hoe gon' bang? Is your bitch gon' gang? Is your nuts on swang? That's pinning who they attached to Pistachios and bag moves Took my head up out my moon To be the sun and hooping glass shoes Cash back up on that ass Season don't some off that gas too Coming no one in your kamikaze Bloody battered and bruised Adrian life been rocky Third act of my saga struggle didn't break me or stop me Dressing like I like my hair real drippy and sloppy Draped up and dripped out Put my money where I be talking about About to move to H-Town and motherfucking burn it down Henry tried not Obot Optimate Prime I'ma still be in that To the day that I die This your boy COD Decatur Boy Music, aka Big Tabby, aka Tabula Riza, aka CODMD the Doctor. But this is not a CODMD operation. But what this is, is season two, episode 34 of You Already Know. Iri, Iri, Ficky, Ficky. Give me some headlines. I had to bring it back. Burr, 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 and I do have to toss it to my dog, who is the maestro of this here shindig this evening, this lovely evening. Talk to the people, P. It's your boy, P. Henry Trotter IV, a.k.a. Home Run Trot, a.k.a. Casino P, a.k.a. Mr. Lone P, a.k.a. Frederick underscore Thugness, a.k.a. Mock Tube, aka Quinn with the pen and with the lens, aka Fair Hope Fred, aka Chef Boy RP. Like my dog told you, this is a Spike P joint. And I am your grandma's favorite house guest because that boy got the manners. Episode 54, season two. We yes, sir. And we this is a Spike P joint. Yes, sir. This is Spike P joint. And I'm going to start a tradition of every Spike P joint. And it may be what we like to call a triage point Miro. Or it could be any whole host of nonsense. But what we definitely going to do on every single Spike P joint. Is we gonna do the white thing and culturally appropriate something that's theirs and just act like we came up with that shit? <laughs> we gonna do the white thing every time, boy, bro. Is that crazy, my G? I wrote that down as a business model. Do the white thing. <laughs> you lie. Uh, just take white, take shit that uh, everybody attribute to white people and just do it black <laughs> and make 100%. money off of it and claim it. <laughs> I'm with it, bro. Let's get on it. Let's get on it, man. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's White girls do in it. trouble. White girls in trouble. I'm coming for y'all whole culture. <laughs> y'all. Oh, oh God. I can't wait to sell you. them white culture back through the prism of it being. Yeah. Oh, we finna do that. The whole thing. That ain't racist. That's racial. Because I don't think yeah. I'm better than nobody. <laughs> you feel me? I just call a spade a spade and a ducker. What is a fact about you that people will find it hard to believe? I was pregnant, my water broke down, and we went to the hospital. I got a stomachache, 
I farted for 15 seconds and this piece of shit came out. Dr. Paul Crane, labor like this, I didn't see. It's on the house. It's on us. Last week, I had caca harder than bringing this piece of shit to the world. And is it true? I wish all the women in the world to have a 15 seconds labor. It's on the house. They're not going to charge you nothing. And Eddie and Miss Lily Hayes on TikTok. And dude, like, just be documenting his his frustration of his mom. He just be giving her the business, man. And it's it's just it's just a joy to watch, man. So if you be on social media at all, they on IG and shit too. Uh at That's Lil funny. Lily Hayes, L-I-L-I-H-A-Y-E-S. And uh I play that video to toss it to you for uh Mothers love to tell you your birth story, man. Do you have a quick anecdote about what your what your experience is like or what that story is like from your mom's perspective? Um, she always gave me the story about how I ruined vacation right before I was born. <laughs> not <laughs> not like of it actually happening. She just always tell me how I ruined the fucking vacation they were supposed to be taking. <laughs> they were supposed to be going to Chicago. Well, everybody else went, but she was like, some off man like i think this motherfucker might come and like they went to go see my uncle ben i got an uncle um he recently passed away man god bless uncle ben but uh he's my granddad oh man i wish i'd have got my joke off before you said that he's my granddad i was gonna ask was he big in the rice he uncle ben was big in the rice he a country boy (laughs) uncle ben was definitely big in the rice shout out to uncle ben's uh Rice products, jambalayas, <laughs> red beans and rice, gumbos. Um, but yeah, with her sisters and brothers and family and shit. And she was like, I don't know, man, something off. <laughs> and I was born that weekend, three weeks early. But she always oh. tell me that. She don't tell me about like the actual happenings. She just tell me about r- fucking up vacation. <laughs> that's a bit G that's that on that man in that video man we have all been this dog fellas and if you are listening to this on the audio cast we'll share with you after you hear what's going on P you see that caption yeah right, I will let that guy run my dog's face after I take off my wig Huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh shit. <laughs> okay, that's what we doing. <laughs> you been there, P. You been on a date with a chick and then uh stuck in the basement sitting on a tricycle girl getting on my nerve. Going out of my mind. I thought she was fine. Don't know if a body is hers. Hey, shouts out to Willard, man. <laughs> shouts out to Willard, man. Before the Jada, not before the fame. But go ahead. Shouts out to Willard, man. Uh, you got any anecdotes there? I'm going to just set you up, man. That's how we doing these, this Tosh Point, bro, man. How you feel about that, man? You Have you ever felt like that puppy? That's We'll, we'll do it like that. I ain't going to put you too much on the spit out. Nah, it's all good. Uh, I had this uh-huh. one young lady. I dated, <laughs> I dated uh freshman. Started dating uh, at the end of freshman year of college. 
we met like right at fa- Facebook had like just started to jump off. Like my sec my second semester of sophomore year, or second semester of freshman year, I'm sorry. Yeah, second semester of freshman year, Facebook was like the the new thing on the block. And so we was getting to know it, you had to have uh, the email of a of a university or a college. And I met this girl that went to our rival school at Rhodes. Um, but she had a homegirl that that came down to Fairhope or Gulf Shores to visit. My mama was out of town, bro. And Shorty wore a lot of makeup. And I found out she wore a lot of makeup when she stayed with me and like woke up the next day. And I was like, you wear a lot of makeup. <laughs> you said that shit? <laughs> You're a bold motherfucker. You said that shit. You said that shit? No, I ain't said that loud. No. Nah. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I wanted the vittles. I had to keep that going. You don't, yeah, you don't fuck it up for yourself. You want them yams and cheese, cuz? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, my mom out of town. I'm risking life and limb. I, I, I bought a hotel and everything. I had to get out the hood. This dude, like, he about to say some funny shit. Yeah, yeah bro, dope as fuck, man. He has an amazing voice, too. This is from Lever, the bass man. It's a, a radio personality out of Charlotte, I believe. Either Charlotte or South Carolina. It's not Charlotte. I definitely don't remember the city in South Carolina, but he's just extremely insightful. He has a tilt of um, telling stories and he'll sometimes address different racial issues and different debates that's going on from things that's going on. But he just has a clean perspective and this ain't any of that, but I just wanted to be straightforward about that. I don't want anybody to rush to the page and think this is 100% of his content, but the way he delivers this is 100% his intent, his soul, and the feel of how he goes about doing things. And uh, that's Lever, the bass man. And you'll understand why he the bass man. Hey, good morning. Here's a lesson from the garden. For my birthday back in February... You heard that? The garden. The garden. Hey, good morning. Here's a lesson from the garden. For my birthday back in February, I was gifted a bulb. Nobody told me what type of bulb it was or what kind of plant it was. It was just a bulb <laughs> for me to grow. <laughs> it's a little ashy looking thing, too. It looked like it had mold and mildew on it. So I washed it, threw some cinnamon on it, and then I put it in a pot and I planted it. And every day since February, I go out and I water the pot and I look at it and nothing's happening. So I thought it was dead. So I moved the pot to a better situation, to a better place, because I thought maybe it was just too cold. And that's why it wasn't growing. That wasn't it. <laughs> it just wasn't growing. So I figured the thing had died. But I still watered the pot because I had another plant in there from last season. Well, about five days ago, I go outside to water the plants and I notice a little spike has popped up. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's still alive. Turns out it's an elephant ear, and I'm like really excited because I love elephant ears. The next day I go out, it's two of them. And I'm like, holy crap, it's divided. Look at that. And here I am thinking the whole time that nothing's happening. Well, every day I go out there and I see another little spike. And this morning, I notice a fifth one. In five days, a plant that I thought was dead had divided into five different plants. So what's the lesson? Well, Sometimes we can't always see what's going on below the surface. There are things that are going on in our lives behind the scenes that we know absolutely nothing about. And for us, the observer, it looks like nothing is happening. We put in all this effort to make something work and grow and produce, and it looks like nothing's happening. But just below the surface, you're putting out roots and pulling in nutrients. 
You're making yourself stronger so that you can be fruitful and multiply. And it may take a while and look like nothing's happening. But as soon as that spike pops up out of the ground, everybody can see your worth. And upon closer inspection, I realized something. These elephant ears have color. These are going to be black elephant ears. I've wanted black elephant ears for years, and I finally got them. The lesson is this. You may not always see the growth at first, but once the fruits of your labor show up, it's so much more than you ever expected. And that's a lesson from the garden. Um, Levert. Uh, I don't know why I made him lever. Levert, the bass man. I took your T off of his name, like oh, Levert Sway Gear. Yeah, man. He, yeah. he and that's that's what he does. You know, that man talk for a living, and he good at. It. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Levert the bass man. Sorry about making you lever the bass man for a little while. Levert the bass man. <laughs> and I don't even want no feedback on that. That's just some um, I wanted the audience and you to hear. I needed the community to feel that. <laughs> yes, sir. And this is another anecdote because directors orders and some people like they are just genuinely amazing storytellers and um they said nigga i need to be heard um kevin samuels is the cat from jay and silent bob he did dogma he did um fucking clerks Clerks to all this shit. He got a long track record, fucking cop out with fucking Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis. He done did all kind of dope shit, but um, he really loved this shit. He does this shit because he loved this shit, and he's speaking about a franchise, a universe, and a series that I really enjoyed. And I don't know if you was as touched and enthralled by all of the Marvel shit as I was, but I watched that shit from from fucking the first Iron Man all the way through. I saw all that shit. If I missed it in theaters, I caught it on Blu-ray and saw it as soon as it was available to my touch. You feel me? So I saw the whole story play out and I feel what this nigga about to say. You feel me? So I'm going to share it with you. Millions and millions of fucking minions and beasts and monsters and uglies come to earth and he's like you know normally i don't fucking take any of this shit personally but i'm gonna this is this is kevin smith speaking on avengers endgame and he'll take you to the moment that he's articulating his feelings about millions and millions of fucking minions and beasts and monsters and uglies come to earth and he's like you know normally i don't fucking take any of this shit personally but i'm gonna enjoy burning this little stupid fucking planet to a cinder. Like, he's just, now I'm going to wreck shop. Fuck you people. Like, and he's got <laughs> the army to do it. And it's literally Captain America only, because everyone else is down for the fucking cap. It's Captain America versus Thanos and his entire fucking army. And Cap is going to be beat. We've been told that this is it for Cap, and he's going to die in this movie and shit. So you're like, here it is. He's got the broken shield. Fucking pulls it tight on his hand. He's still ready to fucking go. And then all of a sudden you hear a voice, man. You hear, you know, Cap, do you read me? And it's fucking Falcon. He goes, on your left, which is from, you know, Civil War. Oh, God. Um, I know you're not supposed to cry about this shit, 
mean girls take your video and fucking say how unfuckable you are and stuff like that. <laughs> like my wife tells me I'm unfuckable, so I don't need a stranger to tell me that. Number one, number two. I'll pay anybody to make me feel something in this life. And these fucking movies make me feel. And when fucking I heard Falcon go like on your left, I just wanted to kiss the Russo brothers. That is fucking top notch fan service right there. They know we've been listening and listening fucking closely, man. So that's a moment right out of uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, right? Did I say Winter Soldier where, where he's like, where he meets Falcon, he's like on your left and he keeps running by. His cap looks over his shoulder and fucking Falcon. Falcon, a hole opens up and Black Panther and Shuri and Okoye come through the fucking rift representing Wakanda and then fucking uh, Falcon comes with them and then through this hole the other returning Marvel heroes hey it's the Guardians of the Galaxy through this hole holy shit it's fucking Spider-Man like every fucking Marvel hero returns and stands behind Captain America and fucking takes on Thanos. It is mind-bending. That's a man who loves what the fuck he do. Yeah. That's beautiful shit, man. He'd have held a boom mic on sets if he never got to be a director. That's a man who loves what the fuck he do. I fuck with G. Yeah. That's, that's, that's another really one I don't even need no feedback on. I just needed the people to hear that little story. This right here is just a nice little region of dialect to lighten the palette after them two serious ones. <laughs> 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 and the caption on this is when you first meet an Atlanta ninja. I actually do cuss a little. What's your favorite cuss word? Fuck you talking about lame man. <laughs> <laughs> And they do talk to the females like that too. That shit is just lingo, you hear me? It's a little. What's your favorite cuss word? Fuck you talking about lame man. <laughs> Y'all got some shit that's mobile and fuck that match that, bruh. Um We say we like we end shit with like dumb ass little boy, stupid ass little boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dumb ass little boy. <laughs> like when some, yeah. somebody call you a little boy at the end of some shit, there yeah, they really disgusted by your ass. <laughs> yeah, that sound. That sound like y'all. That's a good time. Or, or they throw that ass hell on the end of it. Yeah, how you gonna look? You stupid as <laughs> hell. Like, how you, like you ashy as hell. Yeah, they. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's that's some regional lingo from my Yeah, I'll fuck with that. Uh, I'm from Decatur, <laughs> which is Atlanta adjacent, so I ain't gonna put no stamp on that. I'm gonna just let my dog Spike P stand on that. And this one right here, man, I ain't had to suffer through this for years and years and years and years and years. But this year did really suck to be a Lakers fan. <laughs> It was like the hair stood up on the back of my neck after the All Star break, and I kind of felt like we might not make the playoff. But 
this dude right here described what it's like to be a Jets fan long term. And this year was a microcosm of this for me, but I, I feel bad for G. You feel me? And you fan of teams that stink. I'll let you speak on that after him. I'll ask you, has any team ever made you feel like this? And then I want you to describe the season, but I'm going to let him paint the picture of despair for the community. Can you imagine? You ever get socks for Christmas? Yes, every year. The Jets are like, you know, you're getting socks. Right. You know, it. but every December you think you lead. It's like you lead. You're like this year. I'm not getting socks. I'm getting a Nintendo or an Atari or whatever you super Mario Wii, whatever you're going to get. And then you're like, I'm going to get it. this is the year. This is the year I'm going to get it. And then you open it up and the socks are even worse than the last year. They're used lightly. The terrible socks. And you're like, I knew I was getting. So- I knew I was getting socks. Would you do me a favor and describe the Jets as a pair of socks. They're a beautiful pair of Argyle socks. Uh, you see them on uh, your Amazon Primes, and you, you order them, and it, uh, you're like, you're, oh, they're coming. These <laughs> socks are going to be beautiful. But then as soon as you walk out the door with them, uh, it, it's raining, you got your worst pair of uh, sneakers on, and they get soggy, and then they're soggy for the whole day, and you can nev- you'll, they're never the same after. They're never the same after that. It's just the same soggy socks over and over. They smell like shit. First they time. smell like shit. I was going to be mad about that, Francis, but I, I can't deny it. Somebody beat off and I'm... Yeah, somebody came, bada-banged on them. Yeah, everything. Maybe you need to find <laughs> a new pair of socks. How dare you? How dare you? I'm hearing from the group that there's you? cum in your socks. Sure. And if there were cum in my socks... Bada-banged on them. Somebody came, bada-banged on them. Yeah, everything. Maybe you need to find a new pair of socks. How dare you? How dare you? I'm hearing from the group that there's cum in your socks. Sure. And if there were cum in my socks, I would get a new pair of socks. You're a functioning human being in the world. And you could be that too, Tony. No, You no, could no. get the cum <laughs> out of your socks. It's not as easy as it sounds. It's not as easy. It's right. Because it, they mean something. The cum or the socks? Both. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they make us who we are. You wear these cummy socks around, and that's who you are. You know, and that's 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 part. And we're not all. We have different DNA. It's science. Uh, Doc, I actually went to uh, Tony's backyard and saw this uh, the Jets game the other day. Wow. When uh, we uh, we manhandled them, yeah, it was a good time. I got to see the cummy sock right up uh, in person. It was not. A, I mean, a man, it was not a good manhandle. Sometimes it's good to be manhandled, but I mean, I think. I, I think this is my time, and you know what? I was so mad this week. I threw my sandwich across the room, and it traveled further than any of Mac Jones passes this season. So let's, uh, let's calm right. down here. What kind, of, down what here. kind of sandwich was it? It was it was gabagool and brujot. And uh, was and your wife not there to intercept it, like one of Zach Wilson's passes? I wish my dog, my dog intercepted. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Okay, okay, okay. Four we're getting times? we're getting a little we're getting a little rowdy. We will get to you four different times. Four different times. Yeah, I bet. Tony, let's bring it back in there. Let's breathe. Let's breathe. <sighs> Oh, oh, that's okay. I'm going to write down respiratory issues. Okay. I didn't go to my uh, my heart doctor to come here, so. You didn't go to your heart doctor? Yeah, my heart here. guy. Well, this, I think, is also good for your heart. <laughs> I hope so, because uh, Dr. Bobby Zidi ain't been doing so good with it. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dr. Bobby Zidi. Bro, I don't know where cuz from. I guess he's from New York. He's from the Bronx or some shit like that. A Brooklyn cat. That dude, hilarious. Yeah, bro. But that was the Lakers season like a motherfucker. Like when it started raining was when AD inevitably got hurt. The socks was never the fucking same, bro. Like it was just ugh. Like 
<laughs> and then like Shadow was like, maybe you should get a new pet. How dare you? <laughs> that should make you who you are. This year and letting people sling all their dookie in our face is what's gonna make next year valid. Cause I was a Lakers fan this year. And you got the shit on me for four nine months. I don't want to hear that bandwagon shit when we smacking y'all up next year. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, fuck that shit. Ain't no taking these socks off. I'm a, <laughs> I hang them bitches out on the balcony. I hope they dry out. Y'all bitches have to eat it and watch fucking Denver and Utah in the playoffs this year. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, have you had a team make you feel like that outside of the Lakers, man? To bring this flickety 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 flickety. Hold up. Flight deck to a close. <laughs> Bro, I'm a Pelicans fan, so. <laughs> Ooh, they made it, man. You think Zion might sneak your big ass on the court? Uh, I hope they don't, uh, to be honest, because I don't want to see him get hurt. I want to see these cats play for 15, 15. I want to see 15, 17-year careers be like the. Well, he cheated you out of one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Get your money, man. You don't owe me shit. You didn't practice for, for an extension this year. Oh, shit. Big A been chilling. Your whole goddamn rookie contract. Big boy. Hey. Nick, and, and like, hey. I told you, Most I ain't going to let him off the like. hook. <laughs> John Morant was damn near the MVP this year, and he went number two behind heavy hitter. Y'all ain't going to tell me AD was wrong for getting the fuck out of New Orleans when he should be playing with John Morant if he stayed, but he'd have been not playing with fucking Zion because B.I. would not be there. Josh Hart would not be there. Alonzo would yep. not have been there. And he'd have been watching John Morant play at an MVP level and just been fucking stuck in New Orleans. Leave your team, even if you Zion. <laughs> leave your team. If you LaMelo, don't yeah. sign an extension. If you leave now, what that boy is, 19? So next year, he'll be able to be a restricted, the year after that, unrestricted free agent. At 22, two four-year contracts, Make you eligible for the Supermax at 30. It do not benefit a nigga who won and done to sign that extension because it make it safe. If nigga, if you know you're a max yeah. player, wait it out. Because a bad so team would give you that big contract if, if a good yeah. team won't. You can leave your bad franchise for another bad one in good weather. You can go play for Orlando instead of Charlotte LaMelo. Get the fuck out of there and make them sign Jello. For the fans. <laughs> and on that note, I bring that flight there to a clickety close. Pete, do your ting tang. Yeah, man. Uh, we want to slide into this GSTV right quick, man. Uh, what you been watching on the tube there, my guy? What's been uh what's been uh what you been pampering your opticals with over there on that side? I just finished up the season finale of uh force. Time is okay, spent yeah, off yeah. in the power universe. And I had to wait two weeks on it, man. Ain't gonna lie, man. It was worth the wait. When I got to binge watch six seasons, when I lost characters, it didn't really feel that like that much of a loss. Cause it was two more seasons left, and it was new characters, and there was more story, and it was moving, 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 moving. When you got to wait a whole nother year for the next chapter, that shit hit way different. <laughs> and this was the season finale in the power universe. So everybody ain't make it. And I don't know how I feel about it. This shit was good, though. It was damn good and worth the wait. But next year, they better come fucking with it. 
You said it was a slow build up. Oh, it was slow as fuck. Cause you knew what was going to happen and that's what happened, but you just didn't know how it was going to play out. Is any characters that came over from power, like to this, to this franchise that didn't make it out that I would know. Plead the fifth. Uh, three characters transition. I plead the fifth on the rest of the question. Okay. That's fair. You got to check the season out and see how it walked. The three characters are Tommy, his mama, and uh, uh, a character you wouldn't think about from the Power Universe. But if you watched Power, they'll be familiar. Okay. It's one of them type of drop-ins. It's a pretty cool little storyline. Interesting. And you'll know it from the part of power you consumed. So you don't have to go watch the rest of it to be able to watch this piece of it. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, but it's good shit though, man. What you been watching on the pellicula, man, on the televisiones? Man. Boob tube. I finished uh, almost the whole season finale. I fell asleep on like the very last part. I was exhausted. But I, because I said it's like three o'clock in the morning to finish this shit. Have you heard of the ultimatum on Netflix yet, bruh? Ooh, I hate it's, ultimatums. I ain't heard of it. It's hilarious. Like it might be one of the better. T- it's horribly toxic. Like they went and found. Sound like it? Shit. If it called ultimatum, they what's the premise? Six. Oh, here it is, bro. So you got six couples. One of the partners in the couple. They all are heterosexual um, couples. One of the partners in the couple has issued an ultimatum to the other partner. In four of the couples, the person who issues the ultimatum is the woman. And the other two are the guys. So you issue this ultimatum. Y'all all go on this show. By the end of the show, you have to either marry this person, break up with this person, or leave alone. Uh, Break up with that person and leave alone, or, or, bruh, you get to date all the other motherfuckers that's their witch. <laughs> like, you get to date the opposite sex of the person of like all the other couples, man. It's a fucking mess, G. Like, it was a mess. And so, the first week you spend two, separate sets of three weeks. So you spend six weeks there all together. I'm sorry, seven weeks. The first week is you dating all the other partners of the couples that's there. And then at the end of that week, everybody come to a table. They sit down in front of it. And then one by one, they stand up and they pick the person they want to be trial married to, and you can't pick the person you came with. So you got to do a trial marriage for three weeks with this motherfucker, like with one of the people that you had a connection with over that week. Or, or you can say, fuck the dating pool. This was terrible. I want to marry your ass. <laughs> I like, and bruh. And then, so if the person, if you pick a person, and the person of the opposite sex picks you, y'all are together. Y'all are now a couple for three weeks living together. 
And at the end of that three weeks, you got to decide whether you're going to walk away from this thing altogether by yourself, pick the person that you were trial married to, or pick one of the other people that's involved, or marry the person that you came with. And that's the premise, bro. I had to finish that shit. It's they found like it's in it takes place in Austin, Texas. So they found the most toxic six couples, I think, in Austin, Texas. And that shit is like it's gonna be so many times where you like what happened? Wait, how did and so and I know you hate ultimatums, so you're gonna love what happened to some of the people because they they issued these ultimatums. Like you gonna be like, ha <laughs> ha. Like you'll be watching that shit like T.O. with my popcorn at. Bro, this shit is, it is gold. Like they go to see parents and shit and like they compare and contrast like the person who they know them been to their house and shit versus like this new person because they didn't tell their parents about this process. And so they yeah. like, oh man, it's, it's toxic as fuck. Boy from NSYNC, man, uh, Nick Lachey, it's him and his wife, they, uh, they the host. He stay on somebody's clock with one of these relationship shows. Because, you know, oh, he yeah. had this public thing with Jessica Simpson and shit. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting, man. I, I'm not... I hate relationship TV because I think it's all bullshit. But if this is bullshit, they, they hire some great actors. <laughs> <laughs> if this is an act, bro, they hire some, they hire some motherfuckers. Because there's some people in there, you like, damn. This person exists in the world. Like, this is a character, and they all characters, bro. Like, everybody, like, ain't nobody who just, it's one dude who, like, kind of blend in. He's just like, he's a guy. Everybody else, over the fucking top. <laughs> everybody jostling for motherfucking space. Like, oh, man. It's funny. It's a dude, like, you gonna. It's dude that's gonna remind you of BK. It's uh, what the, the the racial demographic look like on the show. So you got obviously white people. You got about four white, like white whites. Some some ambiguous, um, a dark skinned chick, dark skinned dude, Asian young lady. Pacific Islander young lady. Uh, what else you got? It was something, some, it touched every base, but it gives you like, I guess the demographics of what like the country are for the most part in 12 people. So they try to throw everybody in there. Um, there's not an Asian or Pacific Islander gentleman. There's only one young lady. And then there's like some, yeah, some racially ambiguous people, of course. Uh, yeah, man, it's that shit funny. It's funny. It's good. It's, it, like I said, if they hired some actors, man, they hired, y'all did a great job acting y'all roles. Um, yeah, after that first week, bro, it, like after they sit around that round table and everybody making their picks and shit, you're going to be like, oh, this is funny. Like, this is big funny. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm been watching, man. The Ultimatum on Netflix. That's why I'm doing it like that. This video got me tripping. I'm like, bro, my beard crooked down a motherfucker, and I can't, I can't, I can't get my life together. Look at that, yeah, me. You see, I gotta get this shit right. I don't know. 
for the folks who are who didn't hear because he wasn't exactly in his mic. Your dog is shaving on the show. He's trying to get himself together. Okay, he don't want to be. He don't want the internet to, to groundhog him, dragging through the uh, dragging through the dirt after they see this beard. Is uh. Disproport disproportionately distributed. Yeah, we in been there. I kept going to the mirror and then coming back, and I was like, "This shit ain't adding up." It's because unless you mirror your video, speaking to your mic. I kept going to the mirror, then coming back, and then it wasn't looking right. And unless you mirror your video, it don't look like it doing the mirror. It show you what you actually look like, as opposed to a mirror reflection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Can I do something for you? I can't see you walked away from your mic. I couldn't hear you if you uh this your boy though. P. Henry Trotter the Fourth, aka Home Run Trot, aka Casino P, aka Fairhope Fred, aka the L Town Lizzle. Uh, could you do me a favor, G? Yeah, yeah. Could you give me some headlines? I can. That thing looking straight, ain't it? Yeah, you good. Straight earth. <clears throat> you good money. And really, the camera crooked. That was fucking me up. The camera not level. Yeah, that shit crooked as fuck. I survived. First headline from yeah. ET. It's a straight line, TV, though. Canada. Jaden <laughs> Smith mocked online after making fun of kids his own age. Second headline from The Independent. Aliens, UFOs, and government files. Meet the Harvard astronomer who says aliens have already visited us. Third headline. Damn. Oh, there we go. The toxic femininity of the Kardashian clan. Los Angeles Times. About time they start putting that type of word out there. I, I, I chose that one just for you. I knew you'd appreciate it. Yeah, it's about goddamn time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, uh. I knew you would appreciate it. Run back through them because I need everybody to hear every one of them headlines again. That's a bit. From ET Canada, Jaden Smith mocked online after making fun of kids his own age. Second headline from The Independent. Aliens, UFOs, and government files. Meet the Harvard astronomer who says aliens have already visited us. Third headline from The Los Angeles Times. The toxic femininity of the Kardashian clan. These are your headlines. Those are your choices.
This one child to know the definition of alien means belonging to a foreign country or nation, relating to or denoting beings supposedly from other worlds or extraterrestrial. And the one thing I want to point out to y'all very simply, there may have been visits. It ain't a damn thing extra about these terrestrials. I want that first story to where I need that. And I'm going to say that on that ain't conspiracy. You want the alien story? Or you, the first story? No, nah, the James first story. I know. Okay. No, nah, I just wanted to speak on alien. From ET Canada, Jaden Smith mocked online after making fun of kids his own age. Jaden Smith is being trolled online at the comments from a recent interview made the rounds on social media. The star spoke with Big Boy TV about his childhood and how he didn't get along with most children in his own age. I'm very happy I spent my childhood with more adults than I did with kids my own age because I was picking up more things from adults that were... What? That I was sick from kids my own age. What? Shed Smith. That was a terribly written sentence. LA, uh, I'm sorry, ET Canada, come on. Is this y'all's lingo up there? This is terrible. The actor also did an impression of young people his own age saying in a mocking voice, look at my phone, selfie. I'm like, dude, like, oh my God, can we talk about the political and economic state of the world right now? He continued, can we talk about what's going on in the environment? Can we talk about other things? His comments did not go over well online where people began making memes of the 23-year-old. One Twitter user shared a video with the caption, Jane Smith on his way to curse out his kindergarten classmates for not understanding the complexities behind the current political climate. <laughs> and then it has a video of this little boy cussing. Uh, another joke, another jokingly shared their favorite scene from Smith's 2006 film, The Pursuit of Happiness. My favorite part of Pursuit of Happiness is when young Jane Smith said to Will, Father, the socioeconomic state of New York City will not permit you to maintain a baseline lifestyle as a door-to-door salesman. You should attempt to join an investment firm instead. <laughs> Smith has yet to respond to the backlash. The controversy comes as his family has been in the spotlight in recent weeks. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, man. What, what are your thoughts about young Jaden speaking up on a... Uh, Wanting to hang around people his age, uh, like older than him rather than people his age. I'm here for the jokes, especially if they funny. But I'll simply characterize them as something that I think a lot of people will be able to digest. I believe is what what is uh, being termed or dubbed the Agent Smith effect. The moment you start to perpetrate or put out ideas that run counter to the matrix it starts to attack you. The moment you stand out from the programming, all of the agents of that programming attack you for standing out. And for a young person to say, thank God I spent my life soaking up wisdom from my elders instead of running around focused on the same shit as my peers. It was delivered terribly. But for that to be essentially what he's articulating, it is something that does not serve a herd mentality. When you 
are around your elders, you are able to learn from the past mistakes. When you don't want the youth learning from past mistakes, <laughs> when you want people protesting and marching without a boycott or anything actually attached to the protest, when you don't want them to actually understand what the bus riots were about and what Rosa Parks getting arrested was supposed to spark off, that was getting people who were on the fence angry enough to walk 10 miles to work in order to man they be treated equal to an economic system that could not operate without their dollar. Y'all niggas marching and protesting, but ain't asking for shit. You know what I'm saying? If you sat up under your, your, your auntie them, you might have heard the purpose behind some of this stuff and not just watched it on TV and seen these dumbass movies and documentaries. You feel what I'm saying? So the sentiment behind what that young man is saying is solid as a motherfucking rock. And because the internet is going to do a great job of getting the jokes off, I'll just speak to that part of it and uh, really put that in the consciousness of people. If everybody is attacking something, you may want to do some research on it or give it a little bit of credence because of the Agent Smith effect. If all of the programming is running counter to something, that rift in the timeline should be respected and at least examined, even if you dismiss its impact and you go ahead and continue to go with the current. Yeah, I was going to say, bro, it made me think about his comments made me think about Jaden being his. My great-grandfather, man, and I had him until I was about, he passed when I was about 14 years old or so, and I wished I'd hung around like I was a little boy I was always on his heels but you don't get that wisdom you know what I'm saying like you don't understand that wisdom at like four five six years old when I'm in my preteen years and doing dumb kid shit like to be sitting at the heels of my, <laughs> of my great-grandfather like why he talking to Mr. Riley and like they talking about owning farmland and they talking about you know ownership of the land and how important it is to keep it in the family when they talking about my my granddad was born. My great granddad was born in 1912, bro. Like he was born in 1912, and he got to see until 2000 and around like 2001 or some shit like that. Like that's a lot of wisdom that you can pull from back then. And I wish I had instead of like just riding my bike and shit around and like trying to do like the next kid shit. I wish I'd have sat down and soaked up a little bit more game. A lot of people don't see the next Great Depression coming because they don't know what the early 1920s looked like. The, the Great Depression happened in 1929, and it was forecasted way before it happened. Way before it happened. But there will be millionaires and billionaires that come out of this next Great Depression. <laughs> you looking at two up on that thing. Square bitty. Square bitty, man. My grandma was born in 1929, and she talked to me about a great deal of things. And my grandfather was a little bit older than her. So a lot of what was coming out of the, the rebuilding of that process, I understand exactly what you need to be doing. And since I was born, I was preparing for what we're about to, about to run into, <laughs> including the end of the world. <laughs> Square bitty, man. Uh, I wanted to have a little bit of of a chop session with you, man. Can I derail you? Yeah. You think you getting rap shit if that's a thing that actually takes place? 
in the first round? You think you're getting raptured? No. You don't know what I'm talking about at all. When the last time you read Revelations? We'll talk about it another show. Move forward. Yeah. You don't think you are? I don't know. I don't. When I you have... read some of the lost books, the most basic hypothesis, because reincarnation is in the Bible if you read the lost books, and the way you avoid reincarnation is to live a life more than 50% in service to others. <laughs> and if you think about people who go through a bunch of fuck shit, they usually hit a wall and then withdraw from the world and say, fuck them. <laughs> And if you think you live another 40, 50 years, they're going to be right back here, bro. When I read that shit, I was like, God damn, they trying to get me. I ain't coming back. <laughs> well, I'm going to be doing charity for the next 30 decades. Goddamn, they leave me here a thousand years. I ain't coming back. <laughs> I'm done with you niggas. <laughs> On everything. Then my last trip. <laughs> Older, bigger, and better, baby. And watch me be right back. Ain't that a Bitch. I hope I at least know that I'm back if they send me back next go around. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> oh, man. That's interesting. Now, I, I'm, uh, I'm in Wetchikala right now. I'm in Luke right now. So I'll be in the Helios. You know, I start reading it cover to cover every summer. Yeah, Helios first day of summer. I got to get back into that bitch and start the fast. It's going to be an experience and a journey. I'm going to face that bitch this year. I'm getting through it. <laughs> ain't going to rush it, but I ain't going to half-ass it either. We need to make that a theme on the show. We got to talk through that reading of the Bible that I do. Can I tell you about the rap game? Let's chop it up, man. Yes, sir. So I uh, recently saw an interview by... (laughs) I recently saw an interview, a snippet of an interview that the homie Vince Staples did with this young uh, man who's um, somebody who's a content creator for Complex, and I apologize. I don't know that young man's name. Uh, but he asked him a question and he mentioned the rap game in his question and Vince stopped him and said, what makes it a game? And, but he's like, what? He's like, you know how they, people talk about, you know, it's the rap game. He's like, but yeah, why, what makes it a game? He's like calling it a game makes the assumption that somebody has to lose. And Vince put it in perspective. He's like, bro, this is a job. <laughs> like, he's like, this is a job. It's not a game. He said, like, you don't hear anybody call country the country game. You don't hear him call pop the pop game. He's like, and he started talking about disenfranchisement and the ownership of stewardship of black talent and the ownership of black, um, black art. And he was like, the reason they call it a game is because you got a bunch of niggas running around and like, he's like, they don't want to give them ownership to shit. He's like, it's not a game, bro. He's like, it's a job. He's like, you should be able to come get your money from this thing. He's like, because you getting the salary, don't mean the other guy over here can't get his salary and do his job to help keep this to help keep this company going. And so he put that into a uh, perspective, and it's something that we talked about in private conversations, but I don't think we talked about it on this platform yet. But and it it goes to a larger theme of the competition that folks are in in the macrocosm 
of if I'm doing good, ultimately somebody got to be doing bad. So it's a zero sum game for somebody to be up. Somebody got, got to be down. And this music genre is a microcosm of if we got, we only got a couple of guys that can be up here. We can't have everybody up here, but Vince is like that. That's not the case. Like it's the biggest genre of music right now in the world. Why wouldn't there be enough people to consume it to where everybody can have and be able to get what they want? Like you don't listen to the same artist solely. Like nobody listens to as much as your of, of your music that I listen to. It is as much of let's say like the biggest Jay Z, J Cole. We'll call it J Cole. J Cole got some disciples that follow him. They still not only consuming J Cole. They li- they might listen to something else. Um, so I like to get your thoughts on what the brother Staples had to say about the rap game and how you how you perceive. Do you perceive him to be right in his comments and uh, opposition to what my guy said, or do you see how do, how do you see this genre and why why it's called what it's called and I really enjoyed listening to you kind of articulate his perspective and kind of through the prism and perspective that you have on everything. So I won't even necessarily voice my opinion as to whether he right or wrong. It's an opinion. And I'll simply say this. I found Vince Staples music through falling in love with his perspective through consuming a lot of his different interviews and kind of hearing this young man's point of view and thinking if this is how he is carrying himself and presenting himself. Let me go see what his art is like, because if this is what the mind is, I'd like to see what that mind is constructing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I really appreciate the way he carries himself and that he is not, I don't want, I don't know if the word is hell bent, but he is very deliberate about the moments like the one you just painted for, for the community. He doesn't miss an opportunity to kind of impact the culture and speaking and articulating perspectives that need to be heard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So beyond saying, is it right or wrong? Should the whole world feel exactly like he do? Ain't it about goddamn time? The whole world need to hear that perspective. And what they do with it is on them. I just hope they take the time to digest it because it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, and, and I, you haven't I, been introduced I, to his art. The mind of the young man you just heard him speaking about is worthy of going to see what he constructs in his art. Yeah, incredible person, man. And I first started consuming the music, and then I started. I got it into. I learned about him in the reverse order that you did. You learned about the interview. Yeah, first. the natural way. Yeah. <laughs> But we also we like we we found out about Ari Linux. Same, I I, I was introduced to. Uh-huh. Her and I, I think I was introduced to her like uh, yeah I was introduced to her music I think. No, her Twitter. I found her on Twitter before Click. I started listening. To, yeah, I, I found her online. The, uh, I was aware of her music. long before I started to consume her art, but I definitely found her through like social media and shit. Yeah. But uh shout out to Vince, man. Um 
I'm not listening to an artist because I don't like their fans. And that's one thing that I never thought would be a part of my life. (laughs) No, like, like, if a new artist busts on the scene and the people who are trying to introduce me to them are a community I don't want to be a part of, I'll just kind of brush off the artist. I was like, oh, if this what, if y'all are what the concert would be like, I don't want to be at that concert. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I judge a lot of artists. Not judge the artists, but it's just like, I don't want to be a part of this community. It's like exactly of the, like I would love to be a part of the schoolboy Q community, especially now because homie play like he's been playing golf for a minute. But we've been like, golfing, cuz we ain't riding yeah. the wave. No, nah, it's but we, I would we I, I consume we a link on the links. The people who consume Q's music, I fuck with. The people who consume uh golf wing music. Now he TDE. I'm fucking TDE. Yeah. Um. Like Sid, I, I ain't a big like, TDE I, I guy as far as the fan base. Really, I don't mind. I, yeah, I don't mind the group. I just ain't a big TDE guy as far as the fan base. Hmm. It's an eclectic. That's what I like about it. they. They from all. They from four corners. I feel like uh, Dreamville is uh, the TDE. I can't help but listen to. The art too schmacking. I a, feel the same way about him. When you talk about putting a great team together, Cousin put a great team together. Like they over there putting some shit together, man. They the the shows and stuff they putting on. I just saw the recent uh recent festival they put on in Fayetteville. That shit was nice. Yeah, man. We still need to go down and get that audio capture. Uh, Duke talking about. Girl, they think they very good. I'm gonna steal that if you don't use that shit at some point. I might even just say it myself into the mic and pitch it up. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Oh, uh, can I do something for you? Give me some pages, or give or me some, some headlines. Yeah, the latter. Which one are you trying to do? The headlines. Could you give me some? This nigga ain't read that book, y'all. We finna 86. That you ain't read that shit yet? Nah. All right. Could you give me some headlines? We doing <laughs> it on the next Spike P joint, bro, or whatever you got. Cool. That's yeah. That's fair. We, we got to get to my book. I'm very excited about my shit in the bullshit book club, and I definitely want to get through it. I ain't gonna sit here and lie to you. I ain't read all of Barracoon, but I'm ready with them three questions. But yeah, in two weeks, I will have read all of it. But I'm gonna put it on the back burner for the all you need to know. Fair? Yes, sir. It'll get done when it get done. Could you give me some headlines? Square bitty, man. So, first headline comes from Hello. Kristen Bell's poolside photos leave fans doing a double take. From Yahoo, Rosie Perez was pissed off at Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes after the Oscars appearance. Third story from Bleacher Report. Terrell Owens scores late touchdown for Johnny Manziel's Zappers in FCF debut. Zappers, run back through them for me again. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> from Hello <laughs> Magazine. Shit. Kristen Bell's poolside photos leave fans doing a double take. From Yahoo, Rosie Perez was pissed off at Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes after Oscar's appearance. Damn, I want to hear about Rosie. From Bleacher Report, Terrell Owens scores late touchdown for Johnny Manziel's Zappers in FCF debut. Yeah, let's go with that one, man. <laughs> you already know. I can't pass up on T.O. I know you wouldn't. Terrell <laughs> Owens has six Pro Bowl selections, five All-Pro nods, and three different seasons when he led the league in touchdown receptions on his Hall of Fame resume. Now he has a touchdown and fan-controlled football as well. While Owens' Zappers lost 20-12 to in Saturday's game against the should-have-been-stars, his presence on the field was the biggest storyline. After all, it's not every day someone who is third on the NFL's all-time list with 15,934 receiving yards and 153 touchdown catches lines up for a team named the Zappers. His touchdown came right near the end of the game after his team had fallen behind by multiple scores, but he looked the part of a Hall of Famer by elevating and high-pointing a pass in the end zone. Yet even before he found the end zone, the all-time great was filling the role of veteran leader with his new teammates. He also already had his eye on improving for the next contest. Owen suited up for the San Francisco 40... Oh, and it goes into... But uh, this one says, the 48-year-old told TMZ in August, there's no doubt 100% that I can play in the NFL, the National Football League today. So, Owen scored a touchdown, man, in fan-controlled football, bro. I know you a big old fan. Um, I am also an old fan, being a native Alabamian. How you feel about old being back in football, bro? Man, I'm mad I missed it, man. I'm I'm anything to yo, I'm with it, bro. <laughs> and Johnny Manziel an entertainer. And I hate that everybody like the whole premise of why Johnny Manziel was taken from me as a fan of football is because he was too entertaining off the field. Oh, he parties too much and he doing drugs. If that's not against the law, what's morally wrong about him putting stuff into his body for recreation? Absolutely nothing. And I lost this entertainer on the field because he enjoyed his wealth off the field? That shit's so whack. That shit's so whack. So I'm glad it's somewhere to enjoy them again, but I have bookmarked the Zappa schedule <laughs> and I won't be missing another game. That's how I feel about it. How you feel about it? I love it, man. Cause I also feel I can't wait. I hate, I missed it. And I just hope it was. You already know I pulled up another article too. That Marcus, hey. did, that Marcus did. I hope it wasn't a game that Marcus did. Cause I oh, that's that. his lead. I think so. That's dope. Yeah, that's what I thought about when I, I was like, hold up, FCF, that sounds like, because I remember him interviewing Johnny Manziel last season. So I really hope that that's the league, and I really hope to see Marcus interviewing T.O. At, uh, at the end of games. Yeah, I'm here for it, bro. I'm here for all that shit. 
Like that shit some that's some fine shit, man. I'm glad and TO forty eight, man. And out there, I'm sure the guy the, the cat he most should have been stars. Dude probably about twenty six, twenty seven. Oh yeah. Got, got mossed by somebody. Shout out. Shout out Moss also. T.O. put up numbers though. Yeah. Like, like them some. The numbers. only reason he got the only reason he left the league when he did is because they didn't want him to pass Jerry. Yeah. They didn't want him to. He had another five years in him. He wouldn't have caught Jared, but they wanted him to fuck on about yeah, it. Jared, like you, you're not nobody's catching Jared because Jared had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that played his entire career. Like, and when he went to somebody who And was, we use that as an excuse, but on the LeBron level of sustained excellence, the only two people to catch a pass past 40. No, the only people to catch a pass on the north end of 40 are Jerry Rice. Tom Brady <laughs> and Drew Brees, and both were deflections batted back to themselves. <clears throat> and in his 40-year-old season, he had 1,075 yards and 87 catches. That made what? a difference. Yeah. When he was with the Raiders, and he and him and two quarterbacks, the only people with catches on the north side of 40. So, yeah, Joe Montana and Steve Young, they had a lot to do with it. But he went and did that with Rich Gannon at like 39 and 40 and gave Rich Gannon his only MVP season when Jerry Rice was there with Tim Brown. Like, Jerry Rice was that nigga, man. (laughs) He really was. Because even when he had lost a step, they couldn't do nothing to fuck with him. And he went a whole season and might have got hit 10 times because he'd catch it and then be out of bounds catch it and then be down with the first down niggas did not get to hit him that whole year i remember that year <laughs> it was crazy because <laughs> i was rooting for tony dungy because that was the year the buccaneers won and i was like man they gave that white boy my dog team i hope he go out there and win with the raiders and he damn near did if it weren't for the tuck rule tuck rule yeah. fucked my dog he he got it was, done. He, he was big nice I just don't like his personality. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Which one? Jerry. Oh, yeah, yeah. He lost me when he did that Popeyes commercial and caught a piece of chicken in his mouth. You ain't my goat. <laughs> my goat wouldn't do that. But with the stats. He, he wore like a hat, too, did it? Like a. <laughs> it was like a kicker's football helmet that just had one bar. That way the chicken could get up in there. Best hands in the world, and he caught that chicken with his mouth, y'all. Jerry Rice did that. That <laughs> nigga <he's> speechless. <laughs> yeah. That black lady don't own Popeyes neither, and she ain't in no kitchen you go to. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> they oh, got A.T. in them commercials. They, they broke my heart. They had Jerry Rice. That nigga ain't my goat. I tell you that right now. And I tell people this. If you scare little bitches, feelings was hurt by LeBron after that little hiatus going into the bubble. Watch what this nigga do to y'all next season. If AD puts in, drink some milk and do something with his calcium, get it. You in LA, you ain't getting no vitamin E. Why his bones still like that? 
He didn't got out to buy you in that mucky, cloudy sun. He getting straight direct heat. What's up with him? You don't think that nigga tan? Why this nigga can't make it through a season, man? I feel like it's because he put on all that damn. He he when he came into the league, he wasn't as bulky as he is, man. Like his body not built for that shit. You see most of them cats like KD. KD ain't put on all that bulk. Giannis did. His shit a lot leaner, man. AD got full. Giannis is. I don't think you've seen that nigga recently. From when he came in to what he looked like now, he grew too, though. He was still growing. I think he grew another two inches when he got to the league. Giannis? Oh, Giannis probably grew another four, five. I think he went from 6'7 to 6'11, yeah. Because he went to the league at didn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. Drafted at 17, first game at 18. He'd have been in the league 10 years. <laughs> yeah, he spent the first part of his career with LeBron ruling the East and just figuring yeah. shit out. So he didn't have a lot of pressure or expectations. It was pretty convenient for him. Right when it was time to dominate, Kawhi came his FIFA faux fum who wants some blood from the Spurs Mons as to the East. And then when he left, it was Giannis for the taking. He had that one Miami year. I don't think nobody gonna be able to do shit with him for at least four, five years. Excuse me. Because Boston racist is shit, I don't think they're gonna be able to get no free agent. Even though this ain't the article I chose, man, let's talk about it. This Kristen Bell uh clip, <laughs> fantastic. Cause when Google that shit. <laughs> had to, cuz. Just out the Dak Shepherd, lucky young fella. Yeah, I thought you ain't consumed that show yet, have you? What's the show? The uh, the woman. Uh, I gotta send it to you. Yeah, the woman looking out the window it. at the woman across the street or some shit like that. It's like a. Parody. I search Kristen Bell at IMDb. I get there. Yeah. When you take that bus, you get there. Yeah, that shit a good time, man. She hella talented. I've consumed a lot of Kristen Bell this year, and we only four months in. It's a good place. I just hear the cash. I just blink Boom. instead of wink. I can't wink right now. Okay, there you go. It ain't it ain't sexy though. <laughs> and it's unnecessary for it to be. Ain't no ladies in the immediate vicinity. Yeah. The vaccination. As soon as they hear that word, they'll be like, look up CDC for your current resources. I ain't going to say the other word so they don't get it. You hear me? What you got for me? <laughs> Cause about to whip my ass for a good quarter of the season over there. <laughs> oh, man. Have you, did you consume any, uh, any NBA? Yeah, now, nah. but can we uh, can we do a acapella music break? Yeah, that's a bit. And as we transition into give me some sports, we about to have a GSH. You gonna get it? How about to say acapella, Mike, and <laughs> commercial break. This nigga heckling me when I'm trying to show so much love. Tell him, tell him to eat a pickle, y'all. Now you were talking to the people, but not talking to the people. 
I'm calling on you, calling on you, calling on you. Strolled off in the building. One thing on my mind, my one night stand contract, it need to be signed. All my bills is paid, fresh fade, all good, drinks made, it all goes on my tab. Keep the number to that cab. We'll see, we'll see. Girl, I'm blessed, I'm not lucky. Hey. We will see, we will see. P H I V wireless can be. Hey. Hey. You don't know the half before the night pass, before the party end. I shake my head at all this shit we can't avoid getting in. (laughs) Yeah, right. We wouldn't stop it if we want, especially when we get horny. Hurry up, reach in your purse. Gotta get this on camera. Cause my memory terrible and I will not remember. They had a falling out. So I yell timber, capture these moments, complicated and simple. The rock is in the water, the ripples all move. Cause and effect, you gotta deal with these two. Cameras capture moments and words, they tell the tales. These pictures with the captions on them, learn you oh so well. Mm. Said I finally got my baby, yeah. Supply to ease your mind. I said it's all, all and over you. Oh, all because of the love away. Oh, keep me coming. So we'll see, we'll see. COD wireless can be a. The crew too deep. See what I mean? Let's finger paint another scene. Hey, hey. And that right there is the acapella stylings of P. Henry Trotter IV, also known as Edward Irving, a.k.a. Mock Tube, because it was written. But my nigga do be spitting. And that is number two off of Vacation, a very special mixtape that will be coming to y'all on 420. And we going to give y'all, we going to give y'all the special double edition on datpiff.com. And it will be the only place you can get it outside of YouTube at Give Me Some Headlines, where you will be able to access the lyric videos with the new mix and mastered final album versions. But we're going to give y'all the acapella versions to every song because y'all need to know that the pen game is dumb strong. And my editor-in-chief, Edward Irvin, said, make it so, so shall it be written. We already had it done. You heard me? Talk to the people, Pete. That's a little commercial break advertising. No, nothing better than us. You heard me? Hell yeah, man. Give it to y'all ass on the ones and twos. Uh, yeah, the, the, I acapella, know. the acapella versions. Yeah, man. Them motherfuckers be interesting. You be like, ooh. And also, people going to find out that I really don't know the words of that song. I just, man, I just make the sound. <laughs> But it's Jiggy, though. <laughs> if all the producers out there, they're going to be able to make their versions. They're going to take them and love them. You feel me? That shit funny as fuck. Yeah, I did, I did not know all the words of that song. I just kind of just feel it in there. And you say, yeah, well, like when you come in and you do the, uh, you do the harmony oh. between. 
Just so the Between people know, shits. the acapellas will only be available on patreon.com backslash give me some headlines. But the album will be available on that pill. That'll be the only place you can get it outside of Patreon, where you will be able to download those lyric videos, throw them on your iPhone, work out to them, jam to them, all that kind of fly shit. Patreon.com backslash give me some headlines. And also, everybody listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Deezer out in France, California, New York, Virginia, DMV. I heard y'all uh, DC trying to get y'all statehood. Shouts out to y'all, man. If y'all want it. Oh, for real? Be on it. Yeah, they're trying to get, because they they hate they hate getting t- taxation without representation. In the nation's capital? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't blame <laughs> them. Oh, that shit. Yeah, Leave yeah, a bad shit. taste in my mouth just hearing this shit. <laughs> the Declaration of Independence is in my city and I get taxed without representation? What? yeah no fucking say and the tax rate crazy too oh it's nuts it's expensive it's expensive yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) a good friend of real estate imagine owning property and not having a fucking say a good friend of ours who lives there went to swanee with us has been there since graduation been there since 2008 graduated with me mama she is disgusted yeah yeah Auntie. Shouts out to mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she auntie for you, mama for me. Yeah. She be, she be, she talked to oh, me. Oh, no, she you. is auntie because it's mama of yeah, yeah. all the Fs. Yeah, she is Amy. My bad. Appreciate the correction. But you knew who I was talking about. I do exactly. Because the other one not in DC at all. So we on right. the same page. <laughs> not even close. It'd be a good ride, man. Give your boy some sports, man. You ain't watch no playoffs this weekend. I watched all the playoffs preparing for the show. I ain't watched no b-ball, Doogie. I was out on the golf course, linksing it up, man. Talking business. Hey, you talking about getting ready for the summer? We got a lot of special shit coming to y'all, man. And I feel like I finally got um somebody at the controls who could really do something with the steam engine, cause. You could throw this bitch in the train and we'll be a hell of a locomotive. You could put me in a cruise ship and we getting you across the Atlantic or the Pacific. You hear me? And uh, you put me in a, in a G5, then we going straight to the goddamn moon with it. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like I got a G5 pilot, man. And uh, I got direction. And uh, yeah, this shit, this shit in the process of materializing. But yeah, I ain't, I ain't watch no basketball, but boy, was I baller. That's what's up. Talk to me about them sports, though, man. What was going on in the NBA? Can I can I go through the games and you tell me the ones you watch? I can tell you the ones I watch. Yeah, of the parts of the ones that I watched. Yeah, start on Friday or Saturday. Uh, let's go Sunday. <laughs> uh, go go Saturday. I, I might have watched it. I, I think I may have caught a game on Saturday because I peeped a little bit of what was going on Saturday. I ain't catch the end of none. You catch any of the uh, Utah has and the um, oh, Mavericks? Yeah. I actually watched all the fourth quarter. Yeah, I wanted to see if they could get it done without Luca, and they almost did. It was like tied at ninety one ninety one, and then uh. They pulled it out. You catch any of the Timberwolves? My boy Ant L was going for thirty six of them things. Man, I caught, I caught like it the, first half. I I caught like right after he was doing the uh like the post game interview and shit. So I ain't catch none of the game. But he uh I want I, I want I gotta consume that series, man. Because Ant it wasn't nothing. Like, it wasn't nothing he wasn't doing in the first half. That nigga cat got in foul trouble. He catching that shit coming off pick two step. Bing, bing, 
three-pointer. Bow. Catching that bitch. Niggas running up on him. Kyle J hit a three. Two dribbles. Bam. He's yamming on niggas. I'm talking about that. When they asking the question, that if they was asking, like, if he even liked basketball at one point, bro. And this dude like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was too cold, man. And man, shout out to the homie, bro. That dude, too cold. I love this new generation of young niggas, though. Like, the league is... We keep saying the said if the money the didn't get right, he'd have kept playing baseball. He was like, if they didn't start getting the money right, I'd have kept playing baseball. They was like, baseball... That's where that baseball quote come from. Because he was like, if they didn't start paying NBA players right, I, y'all done seen me in the MLB. <laughs> the thing I love about him, bro, is he like, I can do anything. Like, just give it to me. Give me, give yeah. it to me, give me a little bit of time. He's like, I get great at any of this shit. He's like, this is the, the thing I happen to get real good at. And they got the money right, so y'all finna see me here. Then right endorsement started hitting him. I can't wait. I'm buying his, I'm buying his signature shoe. I'm not buying a pair of, I ain't never bought a pair of bronze. I ain't never bought a pair of Jordans. I ain't never bought a pair of KDs. I ain't never bought a pair of Kobe's. I'm buying them ants. The only player, the only player shoes I ever bought was T Max. Max, yep, them Beatles. Yes, sir. No, and I bought me a pair of Bo Jacksons. The only signature shoes. You bought Chuck Taylors. You had some signature shoes. Didn't didn't get didn't I I I was gifted a pair of Chuck Taylors. Never bought them up for my own money. You ever wear some weapons? You was wearing some Larry Birds and some uh Uh -uh. Magic Johnsons. If you ever wore some Converse weapons. Uh -uh. Oh, I'm sorry. You never wear no weapons. I never wore no weapons. It was the joints when I was like twelve, like level twelve. Three players. There's three players. Bo Jackson. T Mac, I wore. I had the Grand Hills. Okay, Vila, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, forever. I love Atlanta. Okay, okay. So we gonna keep it mushing right on along. You catch them Raptors getting smacked up by the Sixers. That boy Joel, him because he is him. Heard he giving him the work right now too. That nigga, that nigga didn't do shit. He gave them 19 and 15. Tyrese Maxey gave them niggas 38 in 38 minutes. That's how they smacked them. James Harden only had 22 points. Joel Embiid had 19. Tobias Harris had 26. This nigga, T. Maxey, Tyrese Maxey came out there, bitch, and gave them that, uh, what's that shit where that black nigga was singing on the bus? Oh, the the blues. (laughs) Blues. About all, that nigga uh, said the blues. I'm talking about the Tyrese song, uh, My oh, Sweet Lady. You. That nigga said the blues. I like you talking about blue from, blue. Uh, Remember he the time? Crazy. He, he, boy, crazy. Boy, he was on the bus singing. Blue. Was a nigga on Remember the Titans? Yeah, the blues. That's all I can think of. When you said the blues, that's all I can think. Yeah, the blues. And I don't remember what that shit from. It might have been a mac and cheese commercial. It's, yeah. And the kid was sad. Yeah, it was on the uh it was it came in a blue box. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. A yeah. nigga tried to pat me out, man. He had like he was ready to square up. Okay, he came in and I had, you know, I'm a blue chip Sahoy cat. I'm all about them hard. Co- oh fuck. Ah! I said I, I was like <laughs> I said I was never gonna get caught again. But uh I'm about the blue pack of the Chips Ahoy. He said, come on. He's like, come on, man. What you doing, man? It's all about the red Chips Ahoy. I said, bro, you get right the fuck out. You get right the fuck out of my house talking about the red Chips Ahoy. You ain't eat nothing but egg and flour. The shit that make a cookie taste like a cookie 
ain't what make it soft. Yeah. Filler is what make it soft. Cacao! <laughs> that's, that's where chocolate come from, and it sound like karate. Cacao! What? Cacao powder. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, shit. We supposed to be giving some sports. I'm, I'm in my head. I'm, I'm like, what's coming next? I saw, man. I saw the Bulls. I'm just having a good time. Milwaukee. The reason why I'm going through like that, because we're giving the people the update of what happened over the weekend if they didn't catch it, even if you ain't watch it. Oh, okay. You watch that Nuggets game. <laughs> I ain't want to. We talk about a pre-show. You watch that Nuggets game versus the Sun, uh, the Warriors. The Warriors won 123-107. Nah. Nah. Okay. But this one right here was big titties. This one right here was big titties. I'm talking about big breasticles. Did you watch Boston versus motherfucking Brooklyn on Sunday? I saw the very end of it. So the oh, very end of it. Talk Shorty, to the people I'm, about it and tell them how it ended. Shorty unplugged the internet at the very end of the game. <laughs> she came and she knew exactly what she'd done. She looked at me and she said, it'll be back on in just a second. <laughs> Bro, that TNT just went zoop. I was like, bruh, what? I'll actually sit down to watch a game. And this is what happened. But yeah, man, shout out to uh what's my guy name? Um, everybody balled out. All the stars came out for that game. Jason Tatum gave him the business. Um, nice little layup at the end of the game to end that thing. Uh so yeah. Kevin Durant it, stunk it up. He shot nine for 24, 37%. Kyrie went 12 for 20 for 60% and dropped 39. He was ready to play. All that shit. All that shit, all that shit you niggas was flapping out your dick suckers. And not only was he there for the game, that nigga came out and played bit all. Earth flat, cuz. Next question. My bad. Go ahead. <laughs> it may not be a coincidence. Kyrie been fasting for Ramadan, so. The only nigga in the NBA who seemed to not be affected by gravity is the only one who believed that we on a plane of existence. Next, we got the Bulls. Versus the Bucks in the defensive Steve That shit was my bad. I was doing the same defense. Yeah, they were. The highest score nigga on the Bulls had 24 of them teams, and that was Vucevic. And on Milwaukee, you already know the boy Giannis and the Kumpo dropped 27, 16, had three assists. You know what I mean? Great percentage. You shot 52. You catch any of that? I did, man. Shout out to uh, shout out to Brooke Lopez, bro, because down the stretch, Giannis had five fouls, and so every defensive possession they was taking him off the court where they could. So he didn't play a lot, like down the stretch. Shout out to Drew. Drew hit a big three down the stretch, like huge three down the stretch. That stretch they lead from like one to four. Um, Brooke Lopez came down, got two and ones, uh, converted on one of them, so he got the three point play on one, and then um. On the other one, he missed the free throw. But by that point, I think they was up by like seven. And they went back down, man. And they knew they could play defense from there. Um, and the Bulls started pressing, just started taking a whole lot of threes. Um, DeRozan. Always been good. Didn't know he was this good. Zach Levine kind of disappeared down the stretch. I ain't really see too much of him. Um, but, yeah, the the a couple of the big stars. I think DeRozan and uh, Giannis both had five fouls, and they put them in a little bit of a uh, put them in a little bit of a bind. But um, Milwaukee as a Milwaukee as a squad, uh, once they got up, 
they just got the ball in Chris Middleton hands, and so they's like, "All right, go ahead and foul him if you want to." You just, you just extending your shower time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just wait. You just making it longer till you get to take a clean shower. But uh, yeah, man, shout out to Milwaukee. They went up in that series one zero. Which hey, I think yeah. those uh, geographically, those two cities are really close to each other, Milwaukee and Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. So seeing them in the playoffs has got to be cool for the folks who, because that that those stadiums should probably. I mean, obviously the home team is gonna have a little bit more, um, a little bit more of a presence, but having that uh, seem like it should be a rivalry game, some like Green Bay versus the Bears or some shit like that, but the NBA version. I'm glad both them teams are good now, though. I like when the Midwest teams are good. They hey, yeah. The ball. And the last game of Sunday was your team, them not the N.O. Pelicans versus them Phoenix Red Hot Suns. And the Pelicans got bought by a smooth eleven of them teams, but it was yeah, worse than that. It was worse than It that. was 99 to 110 <laughs> at the <laughs> final. You catch I that cut, game? I cut it off at halftime. I was like, yeah, this ain't going to get no better. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't gonna get no better. I wa- I watched my guys because I was I was low key happy. I tried to play them in the beginning, like they weren't gonna make it into the playoffs, but I was really hoping that they would, and they did. And they got they had bought yesterday, and the way them boys came out, Phoenix Phoenix plays a really good team ball, man. Um, shout out to Buddy that come off the bench for them. Uh, no, he don't come off the br- off the bench. Bridges. That dude can play, man. I like him a whole lot. I like his defensive intensity. Uh, like he, he he moves really well without the ball, like on a team where he's not – he's the guy he – the, he the option when everybody else go to the bench for their rest and you can, you know, rest assured that he'll get you – he'll at least maintain while, while, uh, while everybody off the floor. So, but, yeah, they pass the ball really well. They are a team that gets along very well. It's going to be interesting to see how they pay all those players to keep them in Phoenix. Um, but, yeah, they're going to get their bop too by the time they get to the Western Conference Finals. Or if they they, they get to the finals, they're going to get bop. Because Chris Paul just – I don't believe it's meant I – don't, I don't think it's in the cards. And I love watching him get close every year and it not happening. And if it do Did happen he gets for a little injury? Oh, I, don't, I didn't watch the rest of it, so he might he might have. It may be good for them, though. Maybe Chris Paul getting hurt is a good look. Cause yeah, man, give y'all a quick update on Monday night before my brother keep going. Uh, the the Philadelphia 76ers went up two zero on the Raptors, beating them one twelve to ninety seven. Nuggets are currently engaged with the Warriors, twenty six to twenty one. Warriors just hit a three, and you got them stinking-ass hairs going against the Dallas Mavericks, and you better believe that once Luka get back, this shit going to be much different because it's 93-91 to 91 again <laughs> with seven left in the fourth. A little bit high-scoring game, but it's the same closeness. If Luka was playing, them niggas would be up 2-1 and going home. I mean, 2-0 and going home. Yeah. Really excited about the future of the NBA. Really excited about it. I'm not. Them niggas don't ever play, cuz. They forget that they entertain us. That shit is not about championships. 31 of you bitches is never going to touch that every year. 
So if all 32 is acting like all that matter is that trophy, 31 of y'all fucking your fan base because y'all not getting that. And you rested and fucking what they call load managed and shit and missed national games when we don't get to see you niggas. Y'all lame, cuz. That's that's not they fault, though. Like, the emphasis is... It's not who fault. It's not they fault that that's the premise of the game. Okay, you championship. right. Like, that's the old heads who say, you ain't got no ship. You ain't did shit. And so they like, all right, well, I got to go chase this shit. Give me an entertainment. Give me an entertainment. I, I, I bet they're having a good time in Charlotte right now. <laughs> that's I why I love time in Charlotte right now. But like, it is like movies, though. For the niggas who making twenty million a year, you can say whatever the fuck you want to by Bruce Willis and not having an Oscar. You think he trade his career for De Niro's? I don't think yeah, he would. No, I don't think he would for a fucking second. You think Keanu Reeves trade his career for anybody's? Fuck them Oscars. You know what I'm saying? That nigga making $80 million a movie off the back end and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he wasn't the biggest friends. Like, Matrix series? Ugh. Ugh. Heard he donated all of the money he made off the first Matrix, and it was north of $100 million. I don't remember to what or for why. And he was mad that it got out. That's why I forgot, because I was like, Keanu don't want me to know. He just want to entertain us and go on about their business and be left alone. And I fuck with that. Him, Jim Carrey. Buddy, you just showed me at the beginning of the show today. Really fuck with them guys. Fuck yeah. Judd Apatow. Fuck Judd Apatow. I disagree. Him, Judd Apatow, and um, who was the person who did Don't Look Up? Let me look him up real quick. You know what I'm talking about? The big Netflix movie about natural disaster? Not natural disaster, but that yeah, uh, yeah. world in it. Yeah. Because Leo was in it. It's a Will Farrell uh, business partner for funnyordie.com. Shout out to Will Farrell, man. Will Farrell been getting to it too. Adam McKay. Okay. Adam McKay and Judd Apatow were the stewards over the last era where Hollywood was giving us great comedy. Judd Apatow gave us the series where you got 40-year-old version for getting Sarah Marshall. This is 40. Um, fucking I slap a the bitch mine. Uh, uh, fuck. I love you, man. Step like Adam McKay giving you step brothers, Talladega Knights, motherfucking uh oh shit. Who is uh semi pro? Like who is Will Farrell has given you every parody of a sport movie except for baseball, golf, and a winter sport. But he gave you two. He, no, he, gave, he gave you that dance and shit. He gave you Blaze of Glory. Yeah. But he could do snowboarding easily. And just be like an elder coach or something. Get a young nigga to come be crazy. But I need to see him as a pitcher. But like he didn't do it as a pitcher. But he was the executive producer for Eastbound and Down. So that's him if he'd have gave us a, a movie or a something or a vehicle as a pitcher. So I guess the only thing he owe us. Is Who did uh, that was Judd Apata? Okay, uh, and um, Seth, 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 uh, 
Rogan. Seth Rogan and uh James Franco and like that whole Canadian crew, like he was they link into the comedy game and then they went and did big things in every other genre of film. But he was Judd Apatow was the comedy linking to that shit. Cause Super Bad was written when Seth Rogan would have played the fat character and his friend would have played Michael Sarah. They wrote it when they were that age. But it took 10 years to get done. Seth Rogen is Jonah Hill. That make it even funnier when you go back and look at it like that. Like, them is real conversations they had. Real struggles him and his friend went through when they went to separate colleges and shit. (laughs) Yeah, this shit shit is... That shit is Seth Rogen 8 Mile, bro. Super bad is Seth Rogen 8 Mile. Do you know how much better that movie is when you look at it like that? Because you see everybody in their group. The next time you see Seth Rogen with his niggas, you'll be able to see Mick Foley. I mean, McLovin. You're going to be able to tell which one of his homeboys is McLovin now that you know that that's his crew. I promise you. I love stuff that's like that because there's a lot of shit that's like that that people don't know. Like, The Simpsons is Matt Groening real family. Homer look exactly like his father, and Abe look exactly like his grandfather. Marge, his mother had had just like Marge. The two twin aunts, all that shit, that is his family. Family guy, Peter, look exactly like Seth MacFarlane's father. Exactly like him. Seth MacFarlane is Stewie. He got a big brother who is a big fat dude who looks just like his daddy. You'd be surprised at how much of media is just people playing on their own family and their little shit, bro. And just showing you how entertaining they are in a different medium than... Yeah, and imagine right. a nigga who gonna grow that's up to right. be Seth MacFarlane. He probably weird as fuck and spend most of his childhood talking to his dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that's a good time. Yeah, would love to build that kind of a network, man, between some motherfuckers and just running around out here writing movies and scoring them shits. And don't forget about it, boy. We on our way to being the fucking. I, I will be. Nigga, like, who you want to be? When you grow up? Adam Sandler of music, nigga. We finna be renting villas in France and recording for a month and writing all that shit off. That's how we spending a million on the album, nigga. And we just gonna shoot the whole time we over there. Have documentaries, music videos, and all kind of shit when we come back, nigga. We finna, nigga. That nigga, he done shot his last four movies in tropical locations. Hawaii. South of France, like that nigga making chess moves. He took that Netflix money and went ham. You hear me, nigga? <laughs> they had a nigga like a hundred million for 20 movies and a profit split. And that nigga said, I got you. <laughs> I'm with that shit, boy. But yeah, man. Are you doing me a favor with the next segment? Am I correct in this belief? Yeah, I am doing you a favor. Could you tell me something good? Bruh, let me tell you some good shit. There's a brother who was on his motorcycle one day, minutes from being home, 
Buddy got hit by a fucking car wrapped around a pole. They had to amputate his leg. This is it's gonna really take good a, so far. <laughs> really good. They had to amputate this man's leg. He was a huge golf fan. His name is at five one zero Death Cheater. Bruh is an amputee, and he can still play golf. He lost mobility in one of his arms and one of his legs. He plays golf unassisted. That's dope. And he hit a hole in one recently. Like a legit hole in one. <laughs> Bruh. So shout out. Hold up. I got his name and everything. Hold up. I got to shout my dog out. He too hard. His name is Abdul Neverez. He started a brand called Amp Life for people who are or amputees. And like people finding uh empowerment in their amputations and um and everything, bro. But Abdul never is. He goes out, they created like a, a golf cart, like like stand it's like a recliner. It stands him up to where he can he's over the top of the ball, he move it, he goes to the driving range the whole nine, bro. He hit his ball, he he reclines it back down to where he's sitting, ride it to his ball, ride it to the next hole, bro. His clubs sit horizontally, like at a, at a tilt, so they don't tilt out. He get done, stick his joint in the side, like it's a uh, like it's a sword holder. Yeah, it's, it's, it's his whole bag, a sheath, a sheath. Yeah, bro, whole shit. He out there playing whole rounds of golf, bro. That shit too hard. Now he got other people like they got those carts out there made for other amputees mm-hmm. and stuff who want to stay active, want to play the sport, man, get involved. Now is there hasn't been a better time to be involved in the game of golf also. And I, I, I wonder if it's because we are so into it at this point, like we really into the world of golf now that we see it so much. Cause I'm wondering like, are, are people outside of, you know what I'm saying? Who are outside of this being their realm of perspective? Like, am I just seeing all of this golf and people into golf because that's what I'm consuming the most. And if that's it, bro, I'm finna lean into everything I give a fuck about. Cooking, golf, designing spaces, music, movies. I'm finna, I'm finna lean into all that shit because it's all I see and everything that I see in it brings me joy. And so I wonder if that's a message from God telling me, bro, just lean into all the shit you give a fuck about. Cause like now it's now it's most of my perspective, and like I get to take the lessons from it and share it with people like on this platform, and like all the shit I'm learning from golf, man, the reading. Like if I run into an article about it now, I'm like now I'm fucking stopping. F1, I'm fired that shit now. I'm crushing in that league, but that's neither here nor there. Five, five one zero oh, at five one zero oh, death cheater. Abdul never is. Dog, you something good because. Keep that shit the fuck up. Keep showing up for your community. Like, what you doing? I, I don't know how to support yet, but I will be fucking supporting, G. Shout out to you, man. Abdul. Never is. Blessings, blessings, man. As always, we close out the show with the amazing segment. Tell me something good. A little bit of medicine. A little bit of what you need. 
and we hear give me some headlines do believe that it is always better to give than it is to receive appreciate you guys listening yeah